are the non-medical complications of obesity? So we all know the complications of obesity that are medical are pretty obvious. You got like pulmonary disease, sleep apnea, hypoventilation, abnormal pulmonary function, you know, stuff like that. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, you know, cirrhosis, hypertension, diabetes, gallbladder disease, osteoarthritis, skin, gout, heart disease, phlebitis, all of that, DVTs, PEs, whatever, you know, even your eyes, your cataracts, all that stuff. But the question are, the question is, what are the non-medical complications of, of obesity that nobody wants to talk about? And there are so many of them. And this all comes from my lecture on obesity. You can go to YouTube uh, on my YouTube channel and watch that full lecture. It, it's up there in multiple iterations. Any of my obesity weight loss lectures that are over an hour long, um, the non-medical complications of obesity, or let's call it the complications that nobody wants to talk about. So number one would be not fitting in a CT scanner or an MRI machine. Um, this is one of the more serious ones because if you come into the emergency room complaining of chest pain, stroke-like symptoms, uh, shortness of breath, you know, neurological symptoms, you know, what have you, one of the most important things will be a CT scan. And a lot of times we use CT scans to rule out strokes, even pulmonary embolisms, what have you. If we don't have a table that is the, has the correct weight limit, we're obviously not going to be able to do that CT scan and we won't know. And that's a huge problem. Um, same thing with an MRI. Now, MRI is not an emergency. MRI is a uh, you know, scan that we can do later as an outpatient or later as an inpatient, but an MRI machine to detect, are the blood vessels in your brain filling up? Is there a stroke going on in your brain? Is there like lumbar, you know, back issues, what have you, not being able to be the right weight to get into the MRI machine can be a huge problem. And I'm not doing this podcast to fat shame people. Those of you who know me, I'm an obesity and weight loss physician. I've been teaching and, uh, practicing obesity and weight loss medicine for like 20 years, um, long before obesity medicine was even a specialty. Um, but I'm just giving you this information so that you know there's lots of things we can do nowadays to help you lose weight. I highly recommend you see a weight loss specialist or an obesity medicine uh, specialist because we can get your weight off almost forcibly so. You don't even have to try anymore. We can get the weight off pretty easily. The next one would be abdominal surgery and healing, and they can't close you back up. We see this in CT surgery as well. Cardiovascular, uh, you know, thoracic surgery, if we have to open you up and have open heart surgery, or if you had to have your gallbladder out, or some kind of open surgery for a hemicolectomy or, you know, colectomy or whatever is going on, not being able to close back up and heal correctly is a huge one. The infections, the wound vacs that we have to put on, the length of stay, how long it takes, all of that uh, is a huge problem. And it is a is a complication of obesity that we generally don't talk about. It's something that's like, we don't think of it as a complication of obesity. Um, the next one would be medical emergencies. Can they carry you out? Like if you're at home and you are having a medical emergency, can the EMS or the people, the first responders or whoever it is, can they carry you out? to the hospital. That is a serious problem and a serious concern. How are they going to get you out? And I'm not talking about the regular everyday person, but these are, we're talking about like the super obese and that is a medical term. People in the 600 to 800 range or more uh, in terms of pounds, it's very difficult to sometimes get people to the hospital. If they're short of breath, out of breath, what are you going to do? 
Um, you've, I'm sure lots of people have seen that documentary where they had to cut the house open, you know, cut through the walls of the house or knock out part of the house or whatever. Um, so that's a huge one. Another one would be difficulty in dosing medications. A lot of times the medications that we have are weight-based. We know that up to about 175 pounds, Lovenox works, or maybe 175 kilograms, whatever. Um, we know that, you know, aspirin works for this way, you know, blood thinners, heart disease, you know, blood pressure meds, what have you. We know that these medications work in this population, but what if you're over 300 pounds or over 280 pounds or whatever, then what do we do? How much more can we actually put you on? Um, another one would be that the operating tables are just not capable. Let's say you end up in the ER, you're having appendicitis and you need your gallbladder out or your appendix out. You're at a small, more rural hospital and they need to take you to emergency surgery, but none of the operating tables there are uh, capable of carrying your weight. Um, that's a huge problem. They're going to have to transfer you out, delay care, and hope that you don't, you know, rupture your appendix or gallbladder or what have you and get worse and transfer you to a place where they can do the surgery. Another one would be like not fitting in an airplane. And we've seen this a multitude of times. It's difficult um, to fit in the seat properly, or you might have to buy two seats, or, you know, you're you're encroaching on the space of a person next to you, you know, what have you. I'm not saying this in a bad way, um, but this is a problem that it's a complication of obesity that we don't think about. Um, another one would be the stress testing equipment can't handle more weight. You know, the treadmills, the nuclear scanners, you know, the equipment that is used to get it to, to do a proper stress test was not designed to do it on 400, you know, 500 pound people. In fact, 250 is kind of the upper limit. And that, and then that comes to the next point. You have to do a two day stress test instead of one. How many patients have we had to keep in the hospital an extra day or two because they are so large that they need a two day stress test instead of one? It's too, it happens too often. Or like you, let's say it's an outpatient stress test. You go in the first day for the resting images, the second day for the non-resting, you know, stress images. You're taking up the staff and the resources and what have you for two days instead of one, which, where someone else could possibly be getting a stress test at that time. I'm not saying like we're trying to ration resources. Don't get me wrong. This isn't like a communist country. But these are all complications that we don't think about or don't talk about enough. Um, the other issue is the inability to draw blood. It is not that easy to draw blood in somebody whose arms or legs or hands or what have you are larger than they should be. What if we need like a, you're having a heart attack, you come into the ER and they need one of those stat blood tests to see if you're having a heart attack and we just can't do it and we're trying and trying. Now you have to put in a central line or a pick line or what have you, which is way more risky, but that's what they got to do to just basically make sure you're okay and eventually send you home or decide to keep you. Another one is not being able to sit in certain masks, you know, the N95 masks or surgical masks or even, you know, whatever it might be. You don't fit in the masks properly or they don't cover you up to prevent you from getting an, an infection or being exposed to certain diseases. So that's definitely an issue. Another one would be you can't be intubated properly. Let's say you need to be on a ventilator uh, to be intubated. We can't intubate you properly because we can't intubate you. It's very difficult. You have a difficult airway. They call those difficult airways. They can't get into your throat. They can't get your tongue out of the way. Your neck is collapsing. What have you. It's a very difficult and risky procedure if you were to suddenly become short of breath and then need to intubate you. 
I remember one time in residency, they had to do a crike. They called me down because I was the surgery resident. And I had to cut somebody's neck open right under their Adam's apple to do something called a crike because they couldn't intubate this person. Turned out he was the mayor of the city that I was in and he eventually, you know, arrested and died. Um, he had arrested and died. That's how they, he came in. They couldn't get an airway. They called me down to try. We did get the crike. You know, a few days later, he was stable in the ICU, but ended up passing anyways. Another one's not not being able to dose medications probably because they were never tested in such a large population with larger volumes of distribution. Um, we don't know. We don't know if it's even working. Let's say you need Lovenox, but the highest it was ever tested at is 175 milligrams, which I think is true. And you're 250, you need a 250 milligram dose. We don't know if it's working. We don't know if the volume of distribution is too much or if this medication is even effective or efficacious, you know, in, in this size person. So that's another complication that we generally don't talk about that is real. Another one is they might need specialized or heavy equipment to turn patients in hospital beds. A lot of hospitals now have these large machines and pulley systems, almost like a, a crane to turn patients. We know that if you don't turn a patient every two hours, a patient that's immobile, like sedated on a ventilator, if you don't turn them every two hours, they can get bed sores, they can get infections, they get wounds, they don't heal. We have no way of turning these patients that are over 250 pounds. You have these you know, nursing staff and people that are trying to turn people, but we can't because they weigh so much. It's very, very difficult. Obviously, now there's all kinds of equipment to help with that, but it's definitely much, much harder than, you know, even just 10 or 20 years ago when you can easily just flip a person, move their leg, put a different kind of pillow under them on one side, shift their weight over to the other. It gets very, very hard. The next one, like I said, is immobility and bed sores. You have a multitude of infectious processes that can happen uh, because we can't move you and you're getting bed sores, you're getting infections, you know, pneumonias, what have you, because we can't move you. That's really sad. And it shouldn't be that way. Um, so this is kind of all of the complications that no one ever talks about or we don't think about. They're not technically medical, like hypertension, diabetes, cholesterol, what have you. But these are all complications that do occur to people who are overweight, and it's a it's time for us as a country to stand up and say, no, we can't let this keep happening. Luckily now we have medications and interventions and therapeutics that can help make it almost effortless to lose weight. So I highly recommend talking to an obesity specialist to see if you can get some weight off. There's no reason in today's age, in 2023, almost 2024, that somebody should be overweight and still stay overweight. Um, those are my closing remarks. I love uh, doing these podcasts for you guys. I hope that you find them educational. Please leave some nice, awesome reviews. Share them with your friends. We talk about topics like this every Monday on a live Zoom. If you join my community, you can jump in and uh, talk on the live Zooms with us. It's super educational. People have lost hundreds of pounds. People have optimized their lipids. They've gotten into exercise. They're super motivated. They're being held account accountable. It's more of like an accountability group. We talk about longevity, how to live longer, all that stuff. Go to dralo.net slash community, dralo.net slash community, and you can join if you use the code one month, the number one, M-O-N-T-H, uh, all caps, M-O-N-T-H. You get the first month free. See if you like it. Uh, I, I almost guarantee you will. 
And I guarantee you'll never want to leave once you're in there. See you in the next episode.